Coming up on today's show, it's the first big day of the tourney. A lot of Big Ten games to go over. We're going to get to some of the results right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Coming up on today's show, we're getting to you a little late here today because I wanted to get some reviews of games that happened here in the early part of the window on Thursday. So we're going to talk to Isaiah Hull in just a minute about Michigan's win. Later on, actually, I waited even a little bit longer because as I was starting up here, I got to what was a really good Iowa game against Richmond, which of course needs to be gotten over. And we're going to have Andrew Wade locked on Hawkeyes. He did locked on now that we're going to have for you on the show here at the end, along with my thoughts on that game. But of course, before we get to any of the action today, Big Ten lost its first team yesterday. To the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights go down after an incredible season in which Rutgers beat up just about everybody in the Big Ten and showed it had a chance to make a run here. Instead, it's out before the field of 64 as Rutgers goes down again to Notre Dame at the end. And to be quite honest, this game was quite the opposite of what I had talked about this game being yesterday. Uh, Last night when we talked, it was what? uh, Rutgers needed to be a low-scoring affair in this game, a defensive battle that Rutgers needed if it wanted to win. If it was high-paced at the beginning, I didn't think Rutgers had any chance of keeping up and Notre Dame could pull away. But at the end, if things were close, I trusted in the Rutgers team to be able to have the guys, the players, to be able to make those tough shots and win it for the Scarlet Knights. Instead, what happened was we got a high-paced, high-scoring affair early, 40 points in the first half from Rutgers as they took a lead into halftime. And it was, again, surprising, obviously, to me, as Rutgers flipped the script and was able to keep up with that Notre Dame scoring, even though the Fighting Irish had gotten hot and put together some good scoring runs there in the first. Rutgers led, and I was like, all right, well, this isn't the way that I thought it was going to go, but the point of all of it was let's just get to the end of the game where things are at least close so you have a shot for your guys to win it. And that's exactly what happened. They played throughout the second half. Things go back and forth a little bit. Notre Dame leads for a run there. Rutgers comes back, makes it close. And of course, really, really tight at the end as we went into overtimes. But the biggest thing for me was just Rutgers had the shots. Rutgers had the guys making him. Ron Arbor Jr. banks in a three in a huge spot late there. Uh, Other guys are coming up. uh, Davis came up with a huge shot as well, I remember, too, late in that game. It was like everyone on Rutgers was doing what they had done all season, but Notre Dame matched him shot for shot. And this comes down to really what I had talked about yesterday, too, in that this is a one-game tournament thing, right? right? You, You have one game to lose, and you're gone. It's six. You have to win. But this is... One loss and you're out kind of deal, right? So when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, that's why I was so confident in Rutgers' ability because I knew that they had the guys that could make those shots. And they made those shots. But Notre Dame made them too. And at the end of the day, it was just a matter of Notre Dame's score being a little bit bigger at the end. I don't blame Rutgers for losing this game. This team fought hard. Obviously, there's things you can critique throughout 
But in a game where Rutgers was forced to kind of play in a way in which they didn't really want to. Again, this is a slow-paced team that was forced to turn it up a little bit in this first half. Rutgers stayed with it, forced overtimes, got a competitive game and a really, really good effort out of everybody on that floor. And it just didn't happen. That's the moral of this story, I think, as we go into the field of 64. A lot of Big Ten teams are going to lose. At the very least, all but one are going to lose. A lot of them are going to lose early, earlier than you thought they would. But that's the nature of this tournament. It does not mean your team's bad. It does not mean the Big Ten's bad for having not won it in 20-plus years. It just means that this is March Madness, and this is what we all sign up for every year. And while I'm sure the top college basketball coaches and teams would like to maybe have a format that's a little bit easier for them to win championships, there's no doubt that everybody who is involved in this tournament is going into it and saying, man, this is awesome. Because it is. It is arguably the best time in sports these three weeks when these games are happening. I don't know why it is that it hits people so much differently. The fact that these are young college athletes doing everything where every single game is do or die, it's something that's just a little bit special in a way that nothing else is. And we unfortunately saw the negative side of it with Rutgers going out and a team that I really would have been interested in seeing in the round of 64 and onward, not even getting to that point. But uh, again, uh, apologies and Tough, tough loss to Rutgers fans, but you have to be so, so happy with the season that that team put together, even with the way that it ended. All right, coming up, we have another team already on to the round of 32 here, as on Thursday, Michigan picked up a win earlier today. We got more coming up here with Isaiah Hole on that victory. And then later on, just finishing up was the Iowa Hawkeyes loss to Richmond. Andrew Wade's going to have a Locked On now on that. And I'll give you my thoughts as well as we finish up here on Locked On Big Ten. It's March Madness, which means that it's time to get your bracket filled out, of course. But it could be by the end of the weekend busted already. And maybe you're looking for a new way to try and get involved with the NCAA tournament games without having to deal with just the madness of doing that whole bracket pool thing against everybody else. Now you can go over to Stat Hero and play a new kind of NCAA bracket game. They have single game pickums where you can pick players to go up against the lineups that Stat Hero shows to you, not against everybody else, but just against individual lineups that the computer has. It's like you're playing against the dealer here. And at Stat Hero, they're just doing things differently than what you're used to when you're playing Daily Fantasy. So I know, again, You've heard it before. There are all sorts of different kind of daily fantasy and sports sites out there for you to play along with. But Stat Hero is just a little bit different. Head over to their website right now and check out what they have to offer. It's a different way to play the game, a different kind of daily fantasy where instead of going up against everybody else, you're just going up again against one lineup that the computer puts together and they'll show you what you have to beat before you play too. You can see all the different modes they have and ways to play again at stathero.com slash locked on and use our promo code for a 100% but deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on and used promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match on your first deposit. If you go over to stathero.com slash locked on promo code locked on terms and conditions apply. In here on Locked On Big Ten, alongside the host of our Locked On Wolverines podcast, Isaiah Hole, I'm Nate Dickinson, 
here just after Michigan pulled off the round of 64 win against Colorado State in comeback fashion in the second half, Isaiah. And I want to start right there with that first half that we saw between these two teams. It was what everybody was saying at halftime. It did not feel like a seven-point game after 20 minutes. How did Michigan keep it so close while Colorado State was seemingly doing really everything it wanted to early? Well, really, uh, Michigan was doing a lot of, I mean, it, it was obviously not doing well as far as spacing and getting things going on that light, but uh, it was very discombobulated. Uh, all the turnovers were a giant issue. I mean, having nine in the first half, I mean, that's it's going to be hard to keep things close. But as bad as the offense looked, it was still out shooting Colorado State. The, the issue at hand was more so that Colorado State was getting a lot of rebounds, Colorado State was hitting a lot of threes and uh, and then obviously they were the benefactors of turnovers. So uh, when once Michigan got in the second half, they stopped turning the ball over as frequently. I mean, there's still a few turnovers, started shooting the ball better, especially from deep. Uh, didn't get their first three pointer until the second half and uh, then got more high percentage shots as well. And the, I think the zone really, uh, really made Colorado State struggle offensively as well. I mean, they already, like I said, that Michigan was out shooting them as it was. Uh, Colorado State just had a lot more possessions. And once Michigan started hustling a little bit more, rebounding, playing a little bit more of the type of game we're expected to see from Michigan basketball, uh, then it finally kind of, you know, it slowed the uh, the momentum of the Rams. And then Michigan took the game over. And uh, it wasn't surprising that once Michigan played kind of more its style of game, it started to uh, started to go ahead. But it was kind of the backwards things. We're used to seeing Michigan kind of have those issues in the second half and not the first half. And this time uh, they, they reversed it. And uh, Frankie Collins kind of started with him. And uh, obviously Hunter Dickinson had a really good game, as did uh, Eli Brooks. Caleb Houston finally made some big shots down the stretch after uh, missing several earlier attempts. So that's really what made the big difference. What worried you most, maybe not really even just pertaining to this game, but like with what Michigan was doing going forward and how it fell behind there, because I'm with you, you mentioned or touched on kind of, there was a stretch there where at the end of the first start of the second half, you were kind of just like, all right, if long as Michigan can kind of withstand the shooting that Colorado state's having, it is playing better right now than what it had before. And it, had been playing well enough to come back was was there a point where you're just like all right this is still something we need to worry about going forward and what were those things i mean it's all the usual things we see from michigan you know all, all those things that tend to be an issue and have been an issue throughout the year the, the turning the ball over perimeter defense uh just not showing the type of intensity uh, a lot of those things have been fixed over the course of the year. Also struggling just on offense. You know, that was the second half against Indiana and uh, Michigan went a very long stretch without being able to score. And Indiana did kind of like what Wisconsin or North Carolina and some of these other teams we've seen by going on giant double digit runs and uh, Mi Michigan kept it close enough. Uh, and I think that that was when, when Michigan cut it to a, a seven point deficit going into halftime, which was kind of what it felt like it was for the majority of that first half. Uh, that really told me that Michigan is all, all they needed to do was stay calm, stay patient, be a little bit more generous with the basketball. Don't take the types of shots. I mean, I thought like the, the first shot of the game from Musa Diabate, that was kind of a, emblematic of what we saw for the rest of the first half, just taking a, taking a type of shot that wasn't really high percentage, 
uh, really felt forced. And then in the second half, they kind of let the game come to them a little bit more. So uh, obviously it's going to be a concern if any other team can, I don't want to say speed them up because we've seen Michigan play fast here and there, but if, uh, if Michigan can, can keep teams from scoring a lot of threes uh, and, uh, and win the rebound battle, which it eventually did, but it was behind there for a little while, then they've got a shot. Uh, Wolverines have been a young team all year. That's been one of the criticisms early when they were struggling, of course, starting to put it together at the end and not playing like an 11 seed here now. But what do you feel like this team said in being able to kind of make that adjust adjustment? And just what does it reflect kind of the growth this team has made over the course of that season? Well, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, the fact that you had Frankie Collins with 14 points and six rebounds and uh, coming in off uh, as a starter normally off the bench. I mean, that's that's huge for him. And and the fact that Caleb Houston, he, he's he's had his struggles. He, he went uh, a game and a half without scoring anything and uh, then went cold again for the first half of this game before kind of coming back. Uh, this is a team that's still learning what it can do. And it seems like in a lot of ways it's a confidence issue and uh, it's, uh, but I think the interesting thing about this team is it wouldn't surprise me no matter what happens, wouldn't ha- whatever what happened today, no matter what happens on Saturday. I mean, this is a team that could make a run. It wouldn't surprise me, but it could be a team that also gets eliminated on Saturday. And that also wouldn't surprise me, uh, because it's very inconsistent. They've been trading wins and losses going back to the beginning of February. Uh, and, uh, so it's, it's a team that just seems like every other game, it, it, it knows what it needs to do and it does it. And then every other game it doesn't. So it's, uh, the fact that it, it, it's a young team, it doesn't really have as, as good as Hunter Dickinson was last year. And he's still very, very good. He doesn't seem to be that, that guy that everyone rallies around the same way that like say Isaiah livers or Franz Wagner, uh, Mike Smith, uh, or even going back earlier, Xavier Simpson, John Teske, it doesn't seem to be that type of presence. Uh, Eli Brooks is to some degree, but he's also kind of streaky. So, um, I, I, you know, this team kind of goes as, as much as those guys go. And I remember an opposing Big Ten coach saying that their their whole point was if, the, if they can stop or stall Eli Brooks and Hunter Dickinson, then Michigan uh, isn't what it otherwise tries to be. So for Michigan, it's just a it's a matter of keeping those veterans going and hoping that you're getting some production from some of the younger guys. Musa Diabate didn't really have the production this time around because he was on the bench with foul trouble for most of the time, but uh, it, it, it's still, uh, you know, you're getting what you got from Caleb Houston, getting what you got from uh, Frankie Collins. I mean, it, it pretty, pretty stellar with Devontae Smith out that they were able to win the way that they ended up winning. Let's look ahead now. Let's say it's Tennessee instead of Longwood here in the round of 32 coming up on Saturday. Uh, it's, of course, just a little bit after you got done with the one team. But have you looked that much into what the volunteers have yet? Not as of yet. I just I just know that the Tennessee is very streaky. Obviously, they won the SEC tournament and uh, they, they've won seven in a row. So, I mean, that's that's always a challenge to, to go up against a team like that. But uh, I mean, this is a team that tends to struggle in, in the NCAA tournament as it is. And it, it's a team that uh, kind of like Michigan, that it, it can you know win any game and it can lose any game. Uh, the only thing is, is they've been hot lately. So that's why I wouldn't be surprised. I think that this is probably the best case scenario as far as a three seed that Michigan's going to be facing if, if Tennessee is in, indeed advancing uh, because you can play into their insecurities essentially. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it all, all works out. Um, uh, I, I don't know 
really what to expect once that game comes because both teams have shown that they can be either really good or not so good. And it just, I think it will, it, it very well could be a very good game though. Tennessee's been a kind of trendy pick, of course, a team with a lot of talent on a hot streak and is playing at least uh, as much as you can as a three seed with the chip on their shoulder, thinking they should have been seeded a little bit higher. But again, Isaiah says that he likes the way that things match up, at least if it ends up going that way for Michigan, as far as what the draw could have been. We'll, of course, have more to talk about with Isaiah after whoever the Wolverines face on Saturday. And we'll of course talk to him about it next week here on locked on big 10. Thank you again, Isaiah for taking a couple of minutes post game here to chat with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. You guys already know about Built Bar. It's the place to go for any protein needs that you may have, whether it be the Built Bars that they have new Built Puffs, which are just like marshmallows. You can pop right into your mouth and obviously tastes good, gets you all the protein that you need to get you through your workout day, anything else that you might need to work through Again, it's all that good stuff that you want, 15 grams of protein at least, without having any of the carbs or sugars, less than 5 grams of those in a bar. Also, packing 100% real dark chocolate into every Built Bar, too. They've got new flavors coming out all the time, so head on over to BuiltBar.com right now, Built.com. Check that, built.com. I think I'd know it by now. And use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Again, this is one of those things where, like, yes, we promote here on the show, but we also use and eat Built Bar all the time. It gets talked about all the time in our chats that we have at Locked On. This stuff is legitimately good. We do not say that and talk about it with every other product out there these guys have us hooked they can have you hooked to go to built.com use our promo code lock 15 to try it out and of course get in on everything that they have over at built.com welcome back to locked on big 10 you just heard from myself and isaiah hole breaking down the michigan win earlier today another big 10 team just went down though as the iowa hawkeyes fall victim to the 12-5 upset at the hands of the Richmond Spiders, all eight of them, and now Iowa out. We have my thoughts on it, but of course, let's talk to the expert first. Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes put in a Locked On now right after the game. Let's hear what Andrew had to say. What's up, Hawkeye Nation? It is Andrew Wade, host of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, and uh, I wish I was coming here with better news. The Hawks obviously fell to Richmond in the round of 64, an incredibly disappointing finish to what seemed like such a a strong season right you win the big 10 tournament you are playing some of the best basketball we've ever seen and under the Fran McCaffrey era you go into the tournament against a team that only made it because they won their conference tournament and it's unfortunate when you have one of the worst shooting days of the entire season and it wasn't like Richmond was playing spectacular in fact Richmond I thought played pretty poor themselves, but Iowa couldn't hit the broad side of a barn, and we are left not watching the Iowa Hawkeyes advance to round two, um, or even the second weekend, uh, for the you know as we have been for, for quite some time. Uh, it's a disappointing finish. We'll be breaking it all down, though, on the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes, where you can find wherever you get podcasts at, so be on the lookout for that episode, uh, breaking out what went wrong and uh, what to look forward to next year. Thank you all for tuning in. All right, so you heard from Andrew there. He did a good job breaking down. It just wasn't the Hawkeyes' day as far as shooting the ball, but things were so close at the end, and I wanted to talk a little bit just on uh, what happened at that end sequence because I'm sure a lot of Iowa fans aren't too happy 
with how that close one ended. I, I agree with the sentiment of the broadcast team, who was very, very adamant that Iowa was getting shafted a bit on foul calls. There were uh, obviously that three-pointer that got hit on the arm. That, that's easy, a foul. There was the one where a guy was going up on a rebound and putting a putback where he just got kind of slid under. That should have been a foul, but I kind of understand that a little bit more in the pack and heat of things in the last seconds of a game. Uh, there was one point where uh, one of the color commentators was just going, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul. I don't... I don't know if it was that insane, but it was definitely at a point where after a couple, you were just like, man, you can't blame the referees for Iowa being in this position, of course. Andrew said, team just wasn't shooting. You can't blame the referees for losing the game. But there's no doubt that that would have finished differently, right? Like, it, maybe the outcome's the same, but the finish would have been so immensely impacted by that three-point foul call and then other call down low if they had come it would have been so such a different ending to that basketball game where instead of Iowa trying to claw its way into staying in it it could have maybe even taken the lead and flipped the script there on Richmond instead it ends up falling and again you can't blame the referees for a loss but maybe you can a little bit here I don't know it's not Again, a good game from Iowa. Not a game that I think Iowa fans would say they deserve to win, but I think a lot of Iowa fans would also say that uh, maybe they should have had a couple of more chances at the end there than they were given. So, again, as we said off the top, this is March Madness. It's one loss and you're out, whether it's due to a couple of unfortunate calls at the end or a bad shooting night or a double overtime game where it just doesn't end your way. That's how it happens here. So, Again, I'll say it one more time. There's a reason that this conference, which is consistently the best in college basketball, has not won this tournament in so long, and it's not because the Big Ten is not good enough. It is because this tournament is extremely hard to win and extremely random when it comes to who wins it every year. Yes, there are the people out there like Coach K who win five of them, but when you look at the list, it's really, really hard to put together enough guys who, I don't know, maybe five, who you could say are really, really, really good at consistently winning in this tournament. And even they, even they, that's the, that may be the best thing, is that even the best of the best, even the Coach K's, even the Tom Izzo's, even the Jim Beheim's, even the Roy Williams out there, all of them have lost on the first weekend in this tournament. Not once, not twice, but it seems like all the time if you're a fan of those teams. It's the magic of March. And we've got a whole lot more of it tomorrow. It's going to be, again, somewhat like we did here today where I come out later and get you some results of games as well as, of course, everything from tonight. Indiana's still got to play here later on today. We'll preview more going into the weekend. That's coming up here on Locked on Big Ten.